Now we will uh, I'll ask uh, Andrew again. He, Andrew is a senior vice president uh, of ports and transportation from, from the New York City Economic Development Corporation. I'd like to thank them for uh, being with us today. And he's going to give us an overview of the broader maritime economy uh, of New York. Uh, so thank you for being with us. Okay, thank you. Great to be here. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Annie, as always. It's good to be here again. It's nice when they invite you back. That means you must have done something right. So. <laughs> but uh, you know, I also, I'm, I'm lucky to follow Sam Ruda, and uh, I want to echo the things that he said. You know, a big organization like the Port Authority can always be criticized. It's easy, but to do that, and, and particularly in their case, because they're non-political and they really can't fight back. So it's, uh, uh, but the uh, scale of the accomplishments, the things that they do on a regular basis with their heads down is pretty astonishing. I mean, raising the Bayonne Bridge, deepening the channels, you know, uh, while doing also the, uh, a new Gothels Bridge uh, right next to the Howland Hook Marine Terminal, all at the same time, that's a lot of infrastructure. So. Uh, what I wanted to talk about is kind of how uh, all of these uh, trends affect New York City. And uh, I should also say welcome to New York City since I'm, uh, I'm the guy from the city government and uh, we're thrilled to have you here. Uh, a little bit of a challenge because today is also Port Industry Day, so our friends in New Jersey are partying it up. Um, but uh, it's lovely to be here in this beautiful room and uh, convenient for me because I live across the park. So. Um, so uh, I'm going to talk about New York's economy, and I really want to emphasize that kind of New York uh, really gets it in that uh, shipping, supply chain, logistics, um, transportation, distribution, all these things are important and vital to the city's economy. And uh, the New York City Economic Development Corporation, where I lead the Ports and Transportation Group, was founded in 1991, but it has sort of inherited the mantle of the old Department of Ports and Terminals, which you can still see our uh, logo up all over the city, the old, uh, the old agency, which actually dates back to Boss Tweed's time. So probably folks in this room back then were thinking about uh, the future of maritime. Uh, in the 19th century. So, uh, so in our role, we get to oversee uh, the city's seaports. Uh, our, uh, uh, a lot of the big distribution facilities, and the big, the big one, of course, is the Hunts Point um, markets, which is you know the produce, uh, the fish, and uh, the meat, and you know one of the largest uh, food distribution centers in the world. So, uh, you know what I think we increasingly are seeing is the connections between sort of the maritime side. Uh, and, the, uh, and the rail side to the uh, vitality of those kinds of distribution facilities, which are uh, crucial to the city's economy. I mean, we only have a four-day supply of food in the city, so if uh, supply chains are disrupted, as we're seeing, let's say, in Puerto Rico, you know, this is a city of eight million people is really, uh, you know, at risk. So uh, a lot of what we're doing is informed by those uh, issues as well. So. Um, so we, of course, are uh, working closely with the Port Authority. Um, we also are working on freight planning with New York City's Department of Transportation, which is uh, focused a large part on what we call the last mile. That's sort of the vital link between the terminal and the, uh, the retail center, which we're all familiar with. And you all know that nobody in New York City, and probably nobody in any city, likes trucks. They always think it's, you know, if we could just do without those trucks, you know, everything, life would be grand. But of course, uh, we know there is not one truck in New York City that wants to be here, but they have to be here. So uh, 
our relationship with DOT is really to see um, how we can make the uh, transfer between the intramodal connection and the last mile as um, low impact as possible and as socially responsible as possible. Um, we also work, of course, overseeing all of us as the New York Metropolitan Transportation Coordinating Council, which is, uh, oversees all the federal money that comes into New York, um, which is important. So here's Freight NYC, and this is a, a shot of our favorite railroad that runs through Brooklyn, uh, the New York and Atlantic, which is a, in and of itself a great success story. When I started at EDC in 1997, in the 20th century, uh, Long Island Railroad commuter uh, trains were, well, the commuter service was actually overseeing the freight. It was a public freight line, and it was not doing very well. And uh, in, in 1997, Long Island Railroad decided, we're going to get out of this business and see if some private guy can take this over and do better. Well, the, um, the volume of freight on Long Island now is uh, about 30,000 uh, uh, carloads a year. That's up from about uh, around 10,000 in 1997. So you can sort of see, you know, that's another theme, I think, in my discussion. Um, but let's go back to the big story. So we, our region does about as much um, trade as uh, the country of Australia. You've all heard of Australia. It's a big country, a lot of landmass. Well, um, we do about the same in terms of value, about $1.5 trillion uh, of um, uh, gross uh, municipal product uh, takes place in the New York region. And I think this astonished us, I think, that uh, the, the, the size of it. And, the fact that you know New York City's regional ports, um, you know, still you know the West Coast uh, has really dominated, but we are really a very close uh, number two with that 349 billion dollars of trade just in the port uh, alone. So it's uh, you know so we're a big market. It's important, and I think for um, a generation now, I think the city of New York really decided you know we kind of turned our back on the industry in many ways and thought that. It was uh, taking place somewhere else, but uh, as I said before, for various factors, we know it is crucial. Um, it's really a, a big job generator because you know it's an invisible part of the economy, but you know you just have to cross over the 59th Street Bridge and you'll start to see in Maspeth, Queens, you know the place where the subway doesn't go. There's a lot of freight being moved. If you go up to the Bronx to Hunts Point, there is a tremendous amount of freight being moved, and you see. You know, the level of jobs, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. And that includes the wholesale trades, too, but they're all part of the same supply chain and they're all important. And, and, the, and for us, too, because this came, this is directly connected to the city's uh, jobs plan, New York City Works, uh, the fact that the salaries are very good and the upward mobility within supply chain is very good. And uh, that's why we're partnering with a number of um, area high schools to get kids more aware that this is a good career choice. And uh, uh, sadly, a lot of our labor, um, particularly uh, heavy machinery work that takes place at the shipyards, which are kind of the garages of the maritime industry out in Staten Island and in Brooklyn, they have to import labor because nobody knows how to weld, nobody knows uh, carpentry the way they, uh, you know, they do, uh, the way they teach it down south or overseas. So this is something we want to address, that sort of skills gap in the industry get more people in. So, so here's our challenge. We have 400 million tons of stuff coming into the city uh, every year. Uh, and that uh, equates to uh, a lot of trucks. <laughs> 
and they and essentially those uh, trucks cross over the George Washington Bridge, uh, the majority. Uh, one crossing uh, into an archipelago of eight million people, and then another five million out on Long Island that have no other way to get freight except through this corridor. Um, and uh, and so increasingly over the Verrazano Bridge as well, but we are very much a, a truck-in, truck-out uh, uh, city. And that imbalance um, has been something that we have been concerned about. And, uh, you know, being right under the nose of one of the largest ports in North America, we're trying to figure out ways to connect better to it. And I should also add that, you know, we're not talking as much about air cargo, but that plays into this as well. JFK is still a dominant gateway, but it's been losing market share. So. Um, but these are, we, we really feel this is an inflection point in uh, the supply chain world. A lot of exciting things happening. I mean, you know, it almost goes unnoticed. You know, hey, the Panama Canal has just expanded and we take it for granted. You know, something that was such an icon of American ingenuity. Well, it just got bigger. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing. For these big ships that uh, now, I, I really enjoyed what Sam was saying because um, 10 years ago, or actually 20 years ago, when we were looking at the volume of cargo coming into New York Harbor, we really nailed it. We said about 6 million 20-foot uh, equivalent units of volume, but we said that the majority of them would be carried on ships um, maxing out at about 8,000 TEUs. So we got the number right, but we got fewer ships, and you know, uh, obviously, you know, it's almost a little bit like World War One. you know, sort of uh, the guns of August. Once you mobilize to do something, it's really hard to turn it off. So, you know, this sort of uh, the, the competition among the lines to get bigger and bigger, you know, is certainly being felt here. So we have to take advantage of it, you know. And, you know, the other thing, you know, uh, that many of you are aware of is what China is doing, the One Belt, One Road um, initiative and that, uh, you know, we had folks in from Transport for London and we were talking to them about the freight trains to directly to China and they had big smiles on their faces because they feel, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's meaningful to them because uh, it's, you know, for the first time they feel connected to the Asian uh, manufacturing centers directly by rail and it's something that, you know, we are jealous of because it comes within four miles of the city center, you know. Um, a lot of ports are also developing inland facilities on less expensive land, and this, uh, that's uh, the Front Royal um, situation in Virginia, and uh, something you know, that we um, are thinking about in New York as well. Um, you know, it's still a fact, if you go down to national trends, that uh, double-stack trains cannot come into New York City except to Staten Island, uh, so the main consumption zone where the people live. Our bridge clearances are too high. We have third rail encumbrances. So we don't benefit from double stack. It all has to come through New Jersey railheads um, if it's a container. Um, we are looking at interesting innovations, though, on the container side. And that picture of the intermodal freight, um, that 53-foot um, that uh, truck, um, is on a um, uh, zero-emission um, prototype that was built by Texas A&M University for carrying freight across between Mexico and uh, the United States down in uh, between Laredo and, uh, and Mexico. And um, in an interesting idea, you know, that you could do something that's environmentally sensitive and move, you know, uh, in more or less an automated fashion. And, uh, and uh, another advantage there is that everything can clear customs and then move in that corridor. So we've got some old corridors in New York uh, that uh, we try to keep under wraps. Um, 
Otherwise, the, uh, the transit people will want them. But, uh, but that's something we're looking at. We're also looking at shifting markets, and the railroads in the United States are really feeling the pinch on the coal industry. So we're hoping that urban markets like New York become uh, more interesting to them. Uh, at the same time, automated truck platforms, you know, t uh, Tesla just moved into Red Hook, which is uh, extraordinary. They took over the old Golden Marine uh, diesel uh, engine. Uh, repair shop and now they're selling uh, the most advanced car in the world and trucks are certainly part of the equation so uh, but we have not stood still on the local side um, we have uh, seen uh, the South Brooklyn Marine Terminal which is, uh, is one of the the city city's owned facility be reactivated and what did it do its first shipment was pieces of the New York wheel which is our uh, our wheel like the London Eye, and uh, it, it was a break bulk move, but it shows that having ports within the city that are helping the city's economy, the new economy, uh, are vital. Um, we also have uh, changed our format of our solid waste management program where um, the, all of the uh, garbage leaving New York City will be leaving uh, either by uh, marine, and that's a picture of the Howland Hook Terminal handling uh, marine containers that come out of Queens, so getting trucks off the road and using the waterways again. Um, and as Sam alluded to, you know, the Matrix facility on Staten Island was a big deal. It happened just a few months ago with an Amazon's announcement. You know, I was told 10 years ago by uh, some of our friends at the Department of City Planning that we'll never see large format distribution centers in New York City because we'll just never meet the North Jersey price point. And it's like, okay, well, we just did, so that must mean something is up. And the question is, it, it makes sense that it would happen in Staten Island because Staten Island in many ways is like New Jersey, for those of the New Yorkers in the room. But uh, it also means that freight wants to move east, and so we have to accommodate uh, that, that desire. And it's in our interest to accommodate it. And then, of course, Hunts Point, you know, we've been negotiating for a long time. Uh, the buildings at Hunts Point go back to the early 70s, and they badly need to be upgraded. So. Uh, and, and it's really key. We, we did a study um, that showed that about 90 million tons of food move into the city every year. 90 million tons is very heavy, uh, and it's something that, of course, is vital to the city's future. So, um, and this is the trend. You know, right now freight, as Sam was saying, it's uh, largely along I-95, uh, North Jersey, um, sort of down to exit A, uh, A8, as I say but it's also in the Lehigh Valley out around Allentown. And what we see is if we leave things to their own devices, you just push those uh, supply chains further out. You know, Norfolk Southern's main uh, intermodal hub is out in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, so they've got to truck everything over Route 80 to get into the city. Um, and these are, these are concerning, and we, we certainly felt uh, after Hurricane Sandy how vulnerable our supply lines are, and if they move further out, you know, what does that mean for costs? What does that mean for reliability of the entire system. So, so what's next is um, we're taking on a new study. It's called Freight NYC. Um, it's embodied in the city's um, uh, jobs program, but it also looks at, you know, what is, you know, not necessarily what's happening today, but projecting out what can happen in 20 years if these trends continue. Larger ships, you know, one of the great, one of the, I guess, the paradoxes about the large ships is the terminals are scrambling to figure out how to handle the gate moves with so many containers arriving in one slug off of a large container ship. And 
they've struggled with that. And one of the things that they're looking at is segregating some of that eastbound cargo and putting it onto barges and having it travel east uh, into places like New York City, Long Island, or New England. So that, that kind of idea. Um, you, know, it's, uh, you know, the whole purpose of containerization is increased efficiency. So if we don't have increased efficiency, what's the point? So we want to pick up on that theme. Um, we also want to be more environmentally conscious, and it's certainly, you know, it's not lost on us that the, the farther in a container travels to its final resting place by water or by rail, the better it is just on its face because it's, it's much more efficient on those modes than it is by the last mile diesel truck. So we want to look at how we can promote those modes coming in, but then how can we improve the trucks that are serving the last mile within the city? So, and so here's just an illustration. This is sort of our, our wild fantasies here of you know, a network of uh, intra and inter-regional barges, um, something we are working on with the Port Authority, but also working on with other states and other ports. And, and for the first time, I'd say private actors, like the tugboat companies, the tug and barge outfits, uh, and the shippers who are interested in getting into this market in a, in a more reliable way. So even, even though it may be slower to move this way, if you build it like a, uh, you know, uh, as a, um, as a, um, a never-ending chain, uh, you know, as we see, you know, with slower sailing on ocean-going vessels, you can still achieve the same results as long as it's predictable. One of the things our shippers tell us in New York is, you know, I just don't know when my box is going to show up and it drives me nuts. And, you know, this kind of system, as we found with the ferry system that's also been revived, um, you know, that you can schedule these things and make them more reliable, even if they're slower. And for certain commodities, it just makes more sense. So, so that um, illustrates our, our, our looking at uh, a barge system. But then there's also urban distribution centers as well. We have gateways and hubs, and, and as I say, Hunts Point uh, at the top is certainly the, is the big kahuna. But we're also looking at what can we do at JFK, which has a lot of land and might have the makings of an inland port of the future. And then the question is, how do you serve it? Because if any of you flew in for this conference and you took the Van Wyck Expressway, you know, that's not the great solution, uh, you know, to end all. So, but what can we do in certain, you know, in certain corridors, like, uh, you know, to create managed use lanes on highways so that commercial traffic have, you know, periods of the day when it's just commercial traffic on those roadways. Um, and stitching it all together um, with um, other places like in Maspeth where we see uh, the Wheelspur Yard, which is a great success story of rail freight, of direct interconnectivity between uh, rail uh, shippers and, uh, and the railroads, where you're, you're taking goods right off of, uh, of a rail car and uh, adding value. In this case, we have a, uh, if you go to a Greek diner uh, in Astoria, chances are the oil, the edible oil that uh, fried up your, uh, uh, your, uh, your French fries uh, came from um, the Wheelspur yard. <laughs> but you didn't know it. Um, and then uh, another thing we're looking, as I said before, with our partners at DOT is how do we create sort of a truck of tomorrow? You know, we have the taxi of tomorrow, but a truck that really can penetrate through the city and efficiently uh, do offloading and create um, and also go on places that no truck can go, like the parkways of New York City. So probably we're talking about um, things that you're already seeing with FedEx and UPS, but more efficient trucks on more efficient platforms um, that are allowed to go into more areas because they're just, they operate like automobiles. So, 
So this is it, and I'm wrapping, I'm in my last uh, minute, I promise, Annie, I'm finishing here. So what we're looking at is a world of tomorrow that's more sustainable. We reduce air emissions wherever we can. It's safer because you're putting freight in dedicated corridors uh, away from uh, general uh, transportation. More equitable because we're really connecting people to jobs in these industries. Efficient uh, because uh, we're, you know, freight now has its sort of free zones where it can operate. Uh, more resilient, we have more gateways into the city going in and out, and more connected. We're more connected to the other ports uh, on the Atlantic coast, the other railheads in New Jersey. Um, and that's, that's our story, and uh, I'm happy to take questions, but uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk to you about freight in New York City. Thank you.